This is the Rev Thinking Podcast. Insights and conversation between creative entrepreneurs who know the best way to deal with the future is to create it. The business owners have, when we ask them this big question, what's your 2022 going to look like? They feel like there's a blank canvas right at that moment. And that's scary. They look at that first thing and they say, oh, crud, I have to fill in $4 million again this year. Where does $4 million come from? So, so the, one of the first things I do is remind them, I create this thing called a bingo card, and I remind them that we already know where some of that money's coming from. So we simply just start breaking that bingo card down into, um, you know, usually you get this client or, hey, we know these industries generate revenue consistently for you. So I have one client that is almost guaranteed $2 million of broadcast revenue every year. So going into 2022, we have $2 million in the can because they just can't not do that. Right? It always just happens for them that way. Um, so then when we want to see talk about growth, we can get there. But that scary moment of, of you know looking at the blank page before we fill out the bingo card is like the first step of, hey, I know 2022 is going to be okay. Um, but I also think that the, the next thing they want to do is put pressure on their salesperson. Okay, now that I'm panicked, let me drag my salespeople into this conversation and I'm gonna make you panic too. Where's my money gonna come from? Yeah, of course. They wanna ask that salesperson. Yeah, the, the, um, I think that, that flip over, you know, switch over from one year to the next, it's just that very visceral, visceral reminder of the work that needs to be done in sales. And um, I'm going to share this quote because you and I have talked about this. And since I found this quote, I haven't stopped thinking about it. And it really kind of bothers me um, is the reason I haven't stopped thinking about it. In fact, I'll share it on my screen because it might, might, might be fun to put it up here. Is the, you know, J.J. Watt, this NFL football player, he has this line where he says, success isn't owned, it's leased. And rent is due every day. And when I came across this quote, I that really disturbed me, but I know it's completely true. And it's this idea that we will look at other companies, other creative firms, and we will look at them and we'll say, wow, they're successful. If only we could get there. And then there, I think there's this thing in our brains that tells us if we could only get there, then I can finally relax because we will have succeeded as if it's a, a destination. It's something that we arrive at, like we've succeeded. Yay. I'm done now. I can finally take a break. <laughs> I can, I can finally go on vacation. And the, the, the truth is that that sex success is leased and you just have to pay the rent every day. And that's, I think what the, the owners almost dread at the beginning of the year is wait a minute, if we did 4 million last year, I'm gonna have to earn every one of those dollars again this year. And every single one of them, the answer might be no. Or we they might not pick me. Or what if, you know, oh my God, what if uh, a pandemic happens? <laughs> I mean, it's it all seems blank, like you said, and the blank page is like the nemesis of writers and creative firms everywhere, right? <laughs> Yeah, that the success is least idea is uh, almost haunting if you didn't know it was already true, um, right? So it, it, that might be if you're just starting out and you imagine there's going to be a finish line to your success story, 
then you better write that finish line now. You better aim exactly for that target. And you and when you hit it, you get off the train, right? But if you're going to do this for 10, 15, 20 years, 25 years even, um, you're going to have to do, you have to recognize the evolution of the industry, your business, your clients, and then what the true needs are. Let's just say that. I mean, that if you understand how to discern true needs, then that success story is very easy. Um, if you're always chasing some sort of commodity or service-based thing or um, you know a, a specialty that you have, then that time will run out because there will be something that comes along and replaces that. And you have to always fight else for the new thing. That we chase. Because I'm thinking back to my years where my business partner would come to me after we completed a really great project. And it turned out amazing. It was beautiful. It's, you know, jaw dropping. And he would say to me, Joel, this is the one. And what he was saying was, this is the one that's going to prove to everybody we're great, we deserve it, and we can stop hustling every single day. And I, <laughs> and of course, we were a great balance to each other because I would always look at him and be like, there, there's no such thing. There never has been, and there never will be. Like, I don't care if we produce a Super Bowl spot. I don't care if we get a canned gold lion. I, like, it, there's just no, this is the one. I'm like, this is, I would just tell him, this is just the next one. <laughs> yeah. Or this is the one that resets us. So there's a whole new hustle yeah. we have to keep yeah. on going after. Yeah. Instead of yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. So it was, um, it, you're right. There's, um, you know, I've been very focused, of course, because this year starting off with people having so many goals that are focused on sales, which is fine. I mean, you know, I think you're hearing it. I'm hearing it that I'm asking people, well, what's the plan? Like, what does it look like for us to execute on that? And I'm, I'm very, very focused on this idea of what is the minimal system that you and your team can maintain regardless of how busy you get, because it's coming and the feast or famine cycle is going to repeat itself unless we get honest and put that thing in place. Yeah. The, the one thing I say, uh, I've been saying it a lot for, probably the last two years. Um, but it, sales is the one area I feel like it's best learned. And, and uh, what I've been saying is, is that we, the life that we live inside of ourselves is so much different than the reality outside when it comes to uh, how we consume, why we, why we do, what, do certain acts and what makes our clients or our customers do those same acts. So there's this thought of like, when I go to buy a sweater, I think, oh, I really like this sweater. This is a great sweater. Oh, this sweater looks good on me. And I believe all those choices are choices I'm making in that moment without any outside influence. In reality, there's a lot of outside influence has got me to a point that even thinks I, I need a, a sweater, a certain cashmere sweater with a certain look and a certain color. And there are people out there doing the work to convince me to want it. So when the time comes, I go, oh, that's the one I wanted. And that we, we switch our, the why we're buying it. So when you, when you recognize that, then you realize our customers, our clients need the same thing from us. They need to be told, this is what you're looking for. This is what you want. This is how it would really work. And that customer would think, and that client thinks, okay, that's, 
that's actually what I want. And you're like, yeah, I know, because I told that to you. Um, but as a business owner, we don't believe that. We think, oh, if I, what I believe is when I hit a certain level of success, I don't have to ask anymore. Then you're basically lying to yourself to think that that's no longer the work you need. And the reality is, is like, no, success is always asking. That is what makes you successful. Not hitting a certain mark and not asking anymore. It's the ability and the continual uh, work to ask and to be diligent and do certain routines and keep it up. Your success is I'm in, laughing in the magic because first of all, I know that that sweater that you're talking about is blue, first of all. So I already know the color. <laughs> I know yeah. you well. But the other is... Even though I try to buy black, it always ends up I'm, blue. I'm also <laughs> chuckling because it's so true. And you know what's interesting, Tim, is in a way, you just told a little story that is the antidote to the pick me mentality, right? That we talk about so much. And, and I don't know what the source of it is. Maybe it's our upbringing, right? Or it's our, uh, our fears or something that get the better of us. But as an owner in a business, you can get stuck in that. Well, my job is to show up and then say, pick me, pick me, right? What is it that you want client? Whatever it is you want, I'll give it to you. And there's this really cool opportunity, as you described, to actually understand their needs better than they do and to take your client someplace they didn't know they could go until you showed up. And, and I've, heard, um, I've heard like salespeople and reps and other people that are, that are really genius at this sales game say things so bold or audacious like the clients, first of all, don't know what's good and they don't even know what they need. They, you know, like I have to approach them as if they are clueless. Now, of course, I have to let them save face and let them think they know what they need or what they want. But my job is actually to really understand their need and then tell them, here's what we're going to do. Here's where we're gonna, how we're going to go solve that problem together. And that's a very different posture than, hey, here I am. What do you want? Yeah, or you know, this daydream of I'm so famous that everybody just wants me no matter what I do. Um, and if you, if you really believe that you can achieve a goal and be so famous that everyone's just going to um, continue picking you, you, you have, you've not been paying attention to how fame really works, <laughs> how recognition is actually achieved or um, how um, those achievements are actually earned continually. So, so let's talk about what how to take the pressure off, right? So I talked about like a bingo card, which is really simply like you probably already know the roadmap of, of what you're going to do this year. And there are opportunities at the beginning of a year to invest certain decisions, certain dollars, and certain um, actions towards different results. But the, but the base of what you're going to do is probably, probably always going to remain the same or going to st uh, stay the same for a short amount of time until you can so you can pivot if you really wanted to pivot. Um, but taking the pressure off is one just to recognize who you are, what you do, and where, where you're coming from. So that's that's easy. A bingo card, uh, an annual assessment. Just look at last year's client list. Ask yourself the question, which of these clients should I reach out and to And start again? filling the bingo card. <laughs> but there's a... Yeah. Um, but the other would be that believe in the routines that you have, 
right? So if you're doing a routine like the sales keeping routine, we teach our clients how to do. If you're doing a routine like that, then you know that there is a constant refresh of questions to ask on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, annual basis. And that refresh allows you to give you that security to say, oh, I, I know where, what targets to pursue. I know what questions to ask. I know what direction to give my sales team or direction to take myself to generate those um, leads. Um, so th- let's give people a couple of clues of what the sales sure. keeping method might be. Like what's the, the most common one that we, well, maybe let's start with the big one, the big picture one, this, this, the start of the year. What's a big idea we can put in place, start that routine? All right, so here's where, here's where I would start. I would say at a high level, sales keeping is three things. It's meeting prerequisites, it's building or confirming your systems in place, and then of course running the routines. But don't run the routines until you have those first two pieces in place. And this is a great time of year. Yeah, great time of year. (laughs) It's fishing without a net, right? If you don't have the routines in place, it doesn't matter what you see out there. You can't actually capture the fish. Yeah, I love it. That's that's a that's a good one. Yeah. So the the prerequisites, uh, those are simply things like: do, do is our positioning killer? Is our website ready? Do we have our show reel? Do we have a mailing list? Do we have our outreach channels established? Do we have our wish list of people, new people we're going after? And those sound like, those are often things that you would say, yeah. Okay, and did you hear that hesitation in my voice? Like, make sure that these things are done and locked and loaded because once it comes to putting your system in place and running the routines, that's where you'll get stuck. You'll pick up your net and be like, oh, there's actually no net here. And you'll start to do that outreach and say, oh, you know what? I really want to update our website or, oh, we really need a new reel or whatever that thing is. And then it stops. It just creates that little bit of friction. And what I'm telling you is when it comes to your routine, the thing that's going to, you know, stop you in your tracks is just that little bit of friction called, oh, our website really needs to be updated. I'll go do that. Okay. And then all of a sudden your sales routine is dead for four weeks. While you and your team goes to, you know, whatever. So in terms of this. Because that's that's going back to that idea of like, I imagine if my website was perfect, then I would, people would just call me all the time. The website's going to do all the work for me. I don't have to do the actual routine work. Well, sometimes it's simply, you know, I'm a big fan of, of one of the things I like to have in, in, a, in the system are templates. Okay, because when we're doing our sales work and it's something as simple as, oh, I need to follow up with with a client and touch touch base. Do I have a template for how I do that? Or am I reinventing the wheel every time? Because that little bit of friction is going to come up when I say, hmm, what do I say? When I reach out to this prospective client, what do I say? And you need to have that answer. Oh, right. I, I say these kinds of things. Right. I've got my piece of paper here. I say this, just have it at the ready because any little bit of friction is going to stop all these various sales activities because at the same time, remember, we're, we're, we're not in a vacuum. Like these routines do not happen like, oh, I have nothing better to do today. It's Friday. What's happening is, oh my God, I have a shoot tomorrow, right? And then next week we're getting ready to do that big whatever project. I've got to make sure that I've hired that, hired that new art director and then now I say, okay, now do your hour of sales work that you need to do every week. 
So you can see how any little bit of friction is going to derail you and you'll just go back to the urgent and forget about the important. So the routine of sales is a continual amount of work, a continuous amount of work. We know that, right? Dedicating yourself to doing that work is great. And you're right. Friction stops that work because we want to do really the thing that we can address immediately in front of us. It's easy to see. I know I'll be successful. It takes me an hour to do it. Sales is something that feels like I have to do a lot of outreach. I don't see immediate results. I'm not even sure if it's working. So I can wait another hour or two hours or three hours or another day or another week to do that because it's not really going to ever uh, come into play. Um, but if it's the diligence of doing it every day or and having weekly routines that capture your daily work is huge. Um, and then on the other side, to prep yourself. Really, the idea of what you're doing on a daily basis is to drive people toward the big picture that you've already have in place, your marketing, your website, your Instagram posts. Those are the continual look that you're referencing to make that sales call, daily sales calls, much easier. And the thought of like your clients are going to discover your Instagram and call you out of the blue, that's not going to happen. What's going to happen is, is you're going to call them and they're going to go, oh, I wonder what Joel's up to nowadays. And they're going to Google you or LinkedIn you or Instagram you. And they're going to want to see, oh, look at him. He's still thriving. Oh, I remember doing this work with him. It'd be great to get back in touch with Joel. I'll follow yeah, you that email. It. And I'll just say this too. There's all kinds of inbound, outbound, uh, right? Organic, all sorts of things, right? We're talking about almost the lead generation side of it. But to your point, remember the goal. Minimal. What is the minimal routine that you can keep going despite busy production times. And it, it, you know, I like to tell an owner, take an hour every Friday, have a sales keeping meeting, hopefully weekly, but if you're a small company, it might be every other week uh, with, your, with your team where you open up your sales pipeline and massage all those, those deals that you're nurturing. And then there's usually a monthly routine, which is things like update the portfolio, let's post some social or create our social posts for the month. Let's create some expertise that we want to share. And that's it. And that's where I'm saying you can do a lot more than that, but if at a minimum, just keep that going. And because there is a dream, sales is like the number one way we create the future. So as a business owner, it really is the tip of this spear that we're pushing into the future. And I want everyone's opportunities to exceed their capacity because that ability to be choosy has so many strategic byproducts. It's not just, oh yeah, there's enough money to pay our bills. There's so many other benefits. If you can, if your opportunity is always exceeding your capacity, trust me, you're going to wake up one day a few years from now and say, we're the envy of the industry. We're doing the coolest projects. We're making good money. I'm really happy with the team I've been able to build, right? We're becoming slow. We're slowly becoming famous. <laughs> I mean, whatever those things are, it's, that's how it's going to happen. It's, that's how you're going to escape so many of the frustrations that you deal with now. So that, that, that's my grand vision. Um, so, okay. So how would someone get started? Look, it's the beginning of the year. This is very easy excuse to start asking new questions, to sit down with your team and say something that, um, that doesn't come out of the blue because the beginning of the year is something you could say, 
hey, let's all sit down and talk about a big picture and nobody's confused while we're talking about it. If you did that May 15th, they might think, oh crud, we're going out of business. Or, oh, here's another harebrained idea Joel has. But beginning of the year, you have this great excuse. So let's, let's give people one takeaway that they can do right now to begin that conversation with their team or at least themselves and to say, here's the audit or here's the promise I'm gonna make or here's the, the new angle I'm gonna take to make myself successful at running this routine. Well, I'm, I'm going to go back to positioning because it's so fundamental, right? Like I'm, I'm thinking of how I would start off every year. I would get my whole team together and I would start to spell out a vision for the year ahead. Like, here's what I see as possible. This is what we're going to go do. And then out of that is this message that my team and I craft called, this is what we're about this year. This is the awesome kind of things we're going to go do. This is the message we're going to put out there in the world. Uh, of what, what's possible and where we're going to take people and what we're going to do together. And that's almost like a, an anthem. You know, I think of it as the banner that you're going to wave up above your heads as you march into battle. And people are going to see that banner from way far away and go, wow, I think I want to be part of that team. So that, that's where I would encourage people to get really serious about what you're about and put it into a message that is very, very clear to you and your team. Yeah, I, I love that as a start because the message does get, the friction disappears because the message is so easy. You can recall it very simply. I went to Disneyland yesterday. <clears throat> Disneyland yes, is the absolutely. happiest place on earth, right? And it <clears throat> got me thinking like, this is the perfect messaging. This is all this is is messaging because it was, it was determined. It was the happiest place on earth before it ever really was a, even a place, right? And it's not like it's voted by Yelp reviews as the happiest place on earth. It's simply messaging. And then I look around and it's clearly not the happiest place on earth because people are very frustrated. Lines and kids crying and overload on sugar or whatever that stuff is. There's a lot of reasons why you wouldn't be happy at Disneyland. But they've determined themselves that. And then that creates an attitude and a purpose and a drive that every light bulb works and every, all the streets are swept. They have, they have determined the why behind it. So that messaging to start your year, to be bold in that conversation. And again, it's not, um, it is not imposter syndrome. That messaging is not that. It is a clear statement of what you are about and why you do what you do with a fulfillment idea to it, right? So the best way to deal with the future is to create it is this idea, I will fulfill these ideas and to fulfill these ideas being bold um, in that statement is a great way to kind of make that future as clear as possible you know, and for you and your the, clients. Uh, the magic of the bingo Love card it. too, Tim, is if, if I said to owners listening right now, just imagine if the clients gave you the craziest problems and the biggest budgets that you know are out there. Could you execute? And your answer is, sure. See how that imposter syndrome just collapses, just goes away. When you suddenly realize you're not asking them to pick you, you're not, you're not stuck in that. It's, it is possible. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up with the, one of my favorite quotes from one of my heroes, because you mentioned Disneyland. And we use this quote when we were doing all this goal setting here with our clients uh, as we came into the new year. Remember this? Tim, he said, uh, Disney said, first, think, second, dream, third, believe, and finally, dare. And I think this 
starting off the new year, we've already done the first three. Like the thinking is that whole reflecting process. Second thing is let's dream about what we can do this year. Third, let's believe it. <laughs> and now dare, that's kind of like, okay, now just execute. Go, go, yep. go out there and make it true. It's yeah. It's almost easy once you've done the, the first three steps. Um, you know what we should do? We should continue this conversation because I have a feeling things like a bingo card or some of these sales keeping routines. Um, we should continue this conversation. I know we're going to do it in the weekly briefing, um, but I, uh, it, maybe I, we can post something in our Rev community too, just like a bingo card template or something like that. It, it's, it's hard because uh, you know it's an XY access and it could be anything you want to, dollars and whatever. But maybe we can um, create some kind of template that people can see what we're talking about and, and begin this um, this year off with some kind of vision of where they want to go and give them some confidence. No, I love that. I think we should do it. And that whole community, I think, would appreciate. We love to drop them in those like free tools. Like, hey, here you go. Here's the bingo card. Um, try, it, try it out for yourself and see if it uh, helps you start daring <laughs> and move forward. Execute. Yeah. I almost like spend the let's spend the month of January helping people with this sales uh, keeping ideas and see if we can't uh, give them that nice little boost to get things started. We'll get back to factors, methods, and that kind of stuff as the year starts going on. Or we, we kind of just wrapped that up with with a month ago. But this is the the moment I think that you can determine where twenty twenty two is going to finish um, if you start off right. And if you pick the right target, it's so much easier to hit it than if you pick no target at all, right? Um, so this is that's a great way to go. Well, my friend, happy new year to you. It's so great to be doing rev thinking in 2022 and eight years in the, in the can together. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's been uh, my, my pleasure and honor. And I'm, I'm excited for this year. It's going to be, it's going to be exciting. Whatever happens, it's going to be exciting. <laughs> and I'm going to see you next week in Los Angeles. So safe travels to you over this weekend. And We'll uh, look forward to making our own RevThink goals and objectives. And we might even find a bingo card for ourselves when we sit down next week. I like it. <laughs>